0: Over our life, we often have big financial decisions, but the question is, are we making those decisions out of fear or not? Welcome to the jungle, Johnny boy. Thank
1: you, Glenn. Good to be here as always.
0: It is good to have you, John. Fear. Fear. It's uh, a crazy one. But before we get into that... Um, if you haven't already, head over, subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. There's no banter. There's no bloody talking about tombstones and mm,
1: tombstones <laughs> and like John 41. getting cremated yeah.
0: or buried or whatever. <laughs> You're still here this week, which is good.
1: It's a bonus, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, jump onto M3 Express um, three times a week, less than six minutes usually. Good inspo encouragements. And thank you for everybody who is a listener. And if you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Mm. Um, if you want to go back and have a listen to the back catalogue, we apologize. Some of those are a yeah. bit sketchy. Uh, we've improved. We've tried to. So, Asher, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Do you want to talk into the mic? I was talking through the throat. Yeah. Um, so, I've, I'm have i just editing this podcast yep. today and Asher was, quote unquote, working remotely from my studio I am shout out to your employer anyway (laughs) are you coming to the Sydney event on Wednesday the 8th as long as more than 10 people purchase tickets (laughs) then I may make an appearance well um if you would like to come along it's Wednesday the 8th of May we're talking all things property first home buyers rent vesting we're going to talk about the foundations of setting up your life we're going to do a live episode and it's going to be lit I'm counting on you, Asher. Don't.
2: (laughs) You're listening to My Millennial Money. At My Millennial Money, we see ourselves as a premium IKEA rug. Just roll us out, walk all over us, and pay a premium for it.
0: So, the music just beat us there, Mm Asher, but... What we're doing is Sydney, 8th of May, it is phone. Wow. that's no, all right. Some people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay you to have your phone on,
2: mate. <laughs> you don't pay me at all. <laughs> uh,
0: no. Sydney, 8th of May, it'll be in the CVD. If you're going to register your tickets- if- Well,
2: before I try to register for a ticket, Glenn, sure. I need to know, how do I buy one?
0: Okay. Instagram, at My Millennial Money. Click the link in the bio and come along. There'll be food, there'll be drinks- John is bringing a special guest who we're trying to get somebody who's a bit of a professional sports person. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk to them about their property investing journey and whether they purchased a home to live in first or did their investing first. We're going to talk about uh, the foundations of setting up your cash flow and everything right, like that. We'll do a few bit of a QA and a and then we will record a live episode, probably be a couple of hours on the Wednesday night. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, Ash is going to come. He's going to be there live, and big deal, <laughs> <laughs> huge deal. And jump and just let us know the funniest thing uh, that you want Asher to say. We might put up the votes in the Facebook group leading up to the event. So yeah, I will say anything. He will say anything. He'll incriminate himself, and yes.
2: we will get a lawsuit. Yes. Um, I hope we do. On your behalf, Asher, any day of the week. Absolutely. I, ho- I hope that the UN Human Rights Commission investigates me. That's what I want. The important question, though, is uh, what sort of drinks are provided? Um, we've got African ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. Anyway, we've got,
0: <laughs> we've got to get back to this podcast. Um, I hijacked it today while I was editing. Um, sorry. And thanks for working from home, quote, unquote. No problem, quote, okay. unquote. Okay, bye. bye. Now, John, do you have any regrets maybe around some of financial, some of the financial decisions that you've made in your life and then my follow-up question to that was that regret or that decision, was it out of fear or not? And it might not have been.
1: Mm. Yeah, good question. You mean the three kids I've got? No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, no, so yeah, look, um, financially I suppose, and I've told this story a few times, the biggest financial regret i would have uh i purchased a property early 20s in when i was in adelaide or invested in adelaide and had some good growth in a couple of years and thought beauty will grab some equity out of that and place it back into the same suburb or pretty much right next door yeah uh in my immature little uneducated mind i thought that was a fantastic idea yes um fast realising that 12 months later that I'd probably bought at the height of that boom that i just experienced back in 2008, I think it was in Adelaide, a bit before. So uh, if I had my time again, I would understand the markets better, where I am today obviously very different in a knowledge level. Yep. Um, but it wasn't out of fear, it was just the logical thing to do um, at the time because I thought, oh yeah, property goes up, it'll continue to go up and yeah. So that was 23 year old me.
0: Yeah. Wow. Mm. Cool. You? Uh, I generally have, uh, a personal regret every week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm actually, I, I may be living in a personal regret at the moment. Right. I, uh, <laughs> wow. You know how I bought that Outback? Yes. (laughs) Like, it's cool. I like cruising around. I took it off-road on the weekend. um, Yeah. But I just don't love it.
1: They promote it as an outback, uh, sorry, an off-road vehicle. But at the end of the day, it's
0: it's not high enough, is it? Well, no, it's got higher um, clearance than a Kluger. Has it? Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, they're, they're actually quite decent. Yeah. I mean, I'll show you some of the videos later. Like, yeah, we went through a lot of Outback off-road right. uh, in the Rimba State Forest. Yeah, okay. But I'm just not loving it, driving it around town because it is quite big and chunky right. and compared to the Lexus, yeah, which was a luxury vehicle.
1: But can you get both? You can't.
0: No. Like, I just don't feel like I'm connected to the road. Right. (laughs) Like, and I'm not because I'm sitting above it in a bloody truck. No, otherwise your bum would hurt. So, I don't know if I regret buying that car or
1: not. So, it did happen reasonably quickly. I one minute I walked out and there's a a different car (laughs) that you're about to get into. Was it confirmation bias? Yeah, I don't know. Was it all positives and no negatives in your head? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And that's probably a lot of uh, fear-based decisions, isn't it? It's like, well, I'm telling myself it's the right thing to do and then six months later
0: realise, well, maybe it wasn't. Mm. Because I knew I wanted to get rid of the Lexus because it was out of warranty and it was just ridiculous um, to pay for insurance and all that, and yeah, I had to get rid of that, and I got a reasonable deal on the outback, yeah. Um, but if I sold it now, I am going to take a five to six thousand dollar hit. Which, yeah, I get that, and it's not really, yeah, it sucks. But I don't know. I just, I just don't know, Johnny.
1: I think if you want a, a bit of father figure advice here, please, Daddy, well, <laughs> <laughs> Papa. Oh. I don't think you. There's always going to be something better mm. out there, mm. and maybe we're too precious about what we've got and what we don't have, mm. and just move on with life. It's a car gets you from A to B. You can go off road. It's got a bit of zip in it, so you can you can fang, um, move on. So keep it, absolutely keep it. I mean, as you said, you're just taking a five to six k hit. Mm. and then you may roll yourself into something else that you might become disgruntled with. Yes. You sound like most Australians, to be I, honest. I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want every car. Yeah, so... Because I love cars. I know you do, and this is the issue, mm. is because the, there'll always be something I know better out there that you'll now want to purchase. Mm. And I can see it in your um, uh, technology. You love it as well, don't you? I do. So, um, But
0: all this crap that you see here, I don't regret buying it. No. So, why is that? Because it's useful and it's needed. <laughs> so is your car. <laughs> yeah, but I, I want something with <laughs> better seats. Put a, put a pillow down. <laughs> it's just the Lexus was so good. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do with it, John. Just hold on to it. Because I think... Yeah. So, fear. Fear.
1: Is it the fear of missing out? Is it the fear of taking a step? Is it... Fear plays a, a role in massively in people's lives, doesn't it?
0: And often fear is irrational.
1: Very rational.
0: There's an acronym that I like to use for fear false evidence appearing real
1: and it's so true isn't it like Mm. my logical thinking i'm a logical thinker and i always think well what's the worst that can happen in this particular instance and i had one this morning yeah um 6 a.m rocked up at at uh, an outdoor pool to have a swim and it was raining
0: oh you get you're gonna get wet
1: you get wet (laughs) Twice <laughs> actually, one from above and one from below. But so, 15 minutes in, we a lightning strike came down. So, my logical brain says the worst that can happen is it's game over for me, yeah. And my mate who was swimming alongside, so that's the worst that can happen in that sin instance, mm-hmm. and that's pretty dire, yeah. In your car situation, what's the worst that can happen? I drop 6K and then I go and
0: buy another one. Yeah, which I'm totally fine to do that.
1: So then that's fine. So go and do that.
0: Yeah, and I probably will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> uh, but but I, I speak to people a lot about values versus needs Yeah, and emotional needs. So if our values aren't aligned and we aren't we don't actually we're not actually living our true values Mm. do we then head off towards needs and and uh purchasing things that are going to make us happy prematurely and have this quick fix but not that contentment in our life
0: yeah and i think it's um It's also a trade-off, like, and this is why I'm not above any of you who are listening with my own internal decisions. Mm. Like, I'm thinking, and this is why I use John as a sounding board with a lot of my investment strategies, Um, because I'm such a doer, I'll just pull the trigger. Just because pulling the trigger, and I've talked about different people and, um, you know, pulling a trigger means process and I've done something. So, it's a flaw for my um, temperament to a point. Like, yeah, I can get a lot of stuff done, but the problem is, um you know thirty percent of those triggers that I pull are probably at a detriment to me, but because I've pulled the trigger on the other seventy yeah. percent, it will make up for that yeah thirty percent, yeah, so for me, losing five six seven grand on that car if I have to resell it, I actually don't heap scare, and that sounds really weird, yeah, but it's yeah. just part of yeah
1: and, and there's a part of me that says well that's that's probably okay. I would rather that more than the reverse of not actually doing anything at all and I'm talking probably wealth creation here yeah. is well you're going to or you should learn by the experience or the we'll call them mistakes mm-hmm. that you may have made along the way but if you didn't pull the trigger on anything at all then we know what the result's going to be
0: yeah well it's but as well, like if I, it's funny, I was talking to somebody the other day and um, I was talking to them about their business and if something doesn't change and you're a little bit proactive about that change, something's going to break. Yeah. So, it's, it goes back to that change before you force to or have to, or change before you're so far down the road that you're doing then something out of fear.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you're, you're, you're acting irrationally, aren't you? Yeah.
0: So, back to my personal coaching session, I was thinking this. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I share so much personal information with the freaking okay. thousands of people around Australia. Shout out.
1: I came in this morning and Glenn
0: was shaking. He was uh, It's another issue in his life. Yeah. So, <laughs> do I get rid of the Outback, which I could probably sell it for 45 grand, right? Yeah. Paid 50 for it because I got a pretty good deal. Do I then buy a 20 grand little Corolla to zip around in <laughs> and then a $5,000 four 4x4 four beater that can toll boat if I eventually get a vote and I can take off road? And just run two cars.
1: The, the sophisticated millennials that are now listening to us mm. are saying, Glenn, you're going to have two lots of insurance, two lots of rego. If you're not worried about the financial components, knock yourself out. Where mm. are you going to park this bad boy That uh, <laughs> in, Wherever. in, in suburban Toowoomba? Yeah, that's Blue Bay, mate. Uh, you, Blue Bay. you live at Toowoomba, Sorry. I live at Blue Sorry. Bay. Let's
0: get that right. Anyway, I don't yeah. know if there's an answer to that, but... Um, yeah.
1: No. Look, it's um, and it's it's a really important topic because that that fear of acting or not acting mm. screws with people's lives in all ways, shapes, and forms. And and I think, I again, going back to that, what's the worst that can happen? So, if I've got my ducks in a row and I buy property, for example, because I'm passionate about it, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. If I've got my buffers, if I've um, if I've done a reasonable amount of research yeah what's the worst and i asked my clients that and and i asked them to list the top three so mm. if i said to you what's the worst that can happen what would you say
0: um financial loss as in with the car situation yep yeah so i you know could lose six grand yeah um i don't know um what else what's the worst thing that could happen to that um i could regret the decision
1: yeah so you buy another one and then and you're not happy with that Mm. see i see the problem
0: i've got john i regret every car every car that i've ever sold i regret selling it (laughs) maybe that's a message what do i do do, buy a factory bay and
1: just collect cars and have that as my hobby Mm. maybe if you buy the right ones yeah um but yeah so so if you held off 12 months yes without making that irrational decision that you've thought, because this wasn't an issue last time we had a podcast. No. <laughs> so, it's been an issue for all of 24 hours now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think the listeners are sitting here right now saying, we know the answer for you, Glenn. We just want to scream it down the um,
0: microphone. Yeah. But it's a, it's a classic case of, as a human being myself, I run a money podcast, a millennial money podcast. Yes. I am not your guru, Tony Robbins. You know, like I, I'm i not above any of the stuff that we discuss. No. And none of us are. But it's all about having the discussion and yeah. making informed decisions. Correct. And not out of fear. And the big part of that is...
1: Like I'm I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here to you about your car situation, but mm. what is different is that I'm looking from the outside in. Absolutely. Without any emotion about the Subaru Liberty, without it's any an outback. emotion. No, <laughs> it's an outback. Get it right. There you go. See, the anger in his eyes just now tells me that it's an outback, guys. It's an outback. Don't sell. <laughs> Uh, tells me that, uh, yeah, it just gives us the ability to look in with logic as opposed to emotion, which you're entrenched in right now. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm. Or do I buy another car just to have as another little toy? Anyway, let's move on. (laughs) So, with our... And I don't actually think it's that car situation. I don't think there is any fear. Maybe there's the underlying fear of if I don't make a decision... And that's probably the fear of yeah. I need to decide whether to keep it or sell it. Uh, I'll probably just keep it. Good idea. Um, mm. For now. So, what are the common... It's funny. It's going to be <laughs> next time we catch up, There was going to be a new car, isn't there? <laughs> oh, I cringe. <laughs> I think um, you need to get married so you can
1: have someone else um, mm. control it for you. Yeah. Well, do I
0: enjoy being heaps loose before that happens? <laughs> And then you burden me with all your issues. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I want to talk about um, financial decisions and fear. Yeah. And so, yeah, the car is a little bit fun and trivial. And, yeah, there are some, you know, personal temperament issues there. And if I don't make a decision, I'm fearful. But I want to talk about, you know, if you've got a share portfolio and the market's rough or the news is saying the world's ending, if you've got three investment properties and, there hasn't been a tenant in one for two months or mm. um, it's whether I have to buy a first home tomorrow or life's going to be crap. Yeah. Um, so, I've written down five things that I want to... And John hasn't heard these yet. That When I read them out, they'll be the first thing that will actually help us understand financial decisions and fear. And the first one is, does the decision that you're making form part of an overall strategy. Mm-hmm. So you might have an overall and let's use superannuation as a strategy. That money gets invested for maybe the next 60 years. If there is if there's a GFC number two and your super balance drops by 30%, you don't need to sell out of fear that you're going to lose more money because the overall strategy is that money will ride the peaks and troughs. For the next 30 years. Over time. Yeah. So, does the decision form an overall strategy? And even with your property investing, John, you talked about um, buffers in place, Mm. which will allow you to ride out if you've got a property and there's a tenant that's nowhere to be seen for two months, for example.
1: Yeah. That's right. And I did an article last week on Fongo. Right. With the... Increase in the Sydney and Melbourne markets, there's now this term Fongo, the fear of not getting out, mm. as in selling because the market's taken a 10% hit in some of those suburbs within those two cities. Totally irrational.
0: Which, and it doesn't matter because the overall strategy is we're buying and holding in this area for the long term. 100%. So we don't have to sell out of fear. No. Nah.
1: Uh, And in a lot of cases, they're still 70% up on their money.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And that's right. And also, conversely, we don't have to buy out of fear in those markets when it does drop because we need to step back and make sure your decision is part of an overall strategy. Correct. So, that was the first kind of little point I had. The second point, and we probably covered this a lot with the car thing, have you had an objective third-party opinion on your situation, yeah, and I often say to people like when I sit down and coach couples. So for me, for example, with the car thing, yeah, in my mind, I'm my own echo chamber. Yeah. What I say just echoes back, and it makes a hundred percent sense. <laughs> Confirmation bias. It's just amazing. You mm. should live in here, John. Yeah, it's just could imagine everything I say is hundred percent correct in my mind. Yeah, it's just beautiful, but. The problem is, if you are in, in a relationship, I often find, and you may as well with your clients, the couple forms its own echo chamber. They both, sorry, they both may be emotionally attached to doing X or Y. Yeah, they both may decide this, not all all the time, and that's why a third party, yeah, can come in, like you just did with the car situation, and actually throw some water on the fire.
1: Yeah. When I'm the third party for you, it's more like a th- third wake. It's not a party. <laughs> <sighs>
2: yeah.
1: But it, it's good uh, when when you have a couple that are talking to you, it's good when one of them opposes something because then you can really crunch it out, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. If they're both on the same page and not willing to change then or not appear to listen... Mm to anything else then we've got issues
0: but even like so if you've got if you're in a relationship and you've both got you know a crap load of money saved or over 50 grand for example yeah sorry and you've both got over 50 grand for saved for example and you are both worrying about oh should we buy a new house or should we buy a place to live in in the current town we're in or should we Mm. rent we don't want to both act out of fear and purchase in the wrong place i would say paying someone like you john and i'm giving you a direct plug (laughs) for your business pay john his annual coaching fee at least commit for a year and have a third party objectively walk with you and make those decisions with you and not for Mm. you but as a third party sounding board
1: yeah and i do it myself in our in our life i mean myself like we've You need to have someone from the outside in with purpose and someone who has walked
0: those shoes. Yeah, because at the end of the day, when we're coaching clients, we don't care if they decide to buy an investment property as their first property or buy a home to live in. Mm. We care that they've been informed and they're making the right decision based on their situation.
1: Yeah, and and to a degree, when I sit in these workshops with with staff, for example, I I actually, it doesn't concern me greatly if they don't do necessarily what I'm suggesting. It's just more that they're now um, skilled up with the knowledge to know what the options are. Mm. Because a lot of people make decisions without knowing the full gamut of options.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, have you got an objective third party talking into your decision before you pull the trigger because they will be able to tell you if it's out of fear or not yeah because we just can't pull any trigger in our life and it's not just financial in our relationships in our health or whatever it is we can't operate out of fear Mm. yeah or convenience or convenience Mm. the next one is before you pull the trigger, and we again, we kind of did this with the car thing, just in the organic discussions. Mm. If you've got a decision, if you've got a property, for example, and you want you want to know whether to sell it, for example, and are you selling it out of fear, can you think of at least two alternate strategies as opposed to that one thing that you're going to pull the trigger on? Yeah. Because then if at least you're thinking of at least two alternate strategies and you don't have that third party you've started to start to think yourself yeah, and having some different options there.
1: Yeah. Tell me why it won't work as opposed to why it will.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I, I say, you know, think of at least two alternate strategies. Can you do a brain dump and write down as many different strategies as possible? Yeah. And it could be the 10th thing that you write down that – and it could actually be keep it, Yeah, which could be the right decision. Mm. So, all these things before we just – Pull the trigger and do something because we're scared that the property market, quote unquote, mm. is falling in Australia. Yeah. The media love saying that stuff, but there's hundreds of different property markets all around Australia. Yeah. Um, the suburb next to you might be a different market than your suburb. Yeah. And there's
1: actually close to 15,000 as a number. Really? Yeah. Different
0: property markets. In Australia. Mm. So. And even with your, if you know, if you've got a share account or... Um, you buy index funds or you contribute to your micro-investing app on a monthly basis, yeah, if it, if it does get a bit shaky and you see some, you know, the worst time to sell is when the market tanks. So you're only selling because you're scared to lose more, mm. but we need to start changing our mindset of when the market tanks or has a correction, we get the shovel out and we throw more cash in. Yeah, If you've got a quality underlying asset, particularly with um, the investing. So yeah, make sure you have at least two other alternate strategies to consider before you pull the trigger because then it just helps you possibly not make a decision out of fear. Yep. The next one, have a plan B before you start. So, and this might be a little bit before the fact, but particularly with your clients, John, and when I talk about setting up your life, uh, with the foundations in place, mm. we just need to have. You talked about the buffers. So, what's some, some examples of buffers, John? So, you'd
1: have a, a a life buffer or a cash buffer for your for your personal life in the event of something unforeseen. Sure. And in the property world or even share portfolio, you would have a wealth buffer or an investment buffer of some
0: description. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, what those amounts are are really based on your own lifestyle, aren't they? Yeah. And, yep. and the yielding of the uh, portfolio
0: and and I would say an, another plan B as well it's like before we go down the investing route, we need to factor in our insurances yeah, so if I can't work, if I break my leg skiing in Denver and I can't work for six months, yeah I want to make sure that my income doesn't stop because of an accident or an illness outside of my control, yeah so that just speaks to setting up your foundations, but actually interesting. The, I was just thinking back on the alternate strategies, particularly if you've got a... Uh, so, you might be saving, I'll just make another $500 a month that you're investing into the share market. Yeah. If you're fearful that the market is really hot and you're fearful that it's going to come down, instead of stop putting your money into that investment account, can you, for example, go, okay, for the next six months, mm. I'm just going to put my money... Into a cash option, and just build cash. Yeah, or if you so it's we're not just stopping sending money over to our managed fund or whatever. We're actually just being a little bit different and saying I'm not going to invest. I'm still going to save. Yeah, but I'm just going to be cash heavy. And then if it does crash or correct, um, then you can just move that money straight in. Mm. And I would probably go another
1: step and say, well, if my fear is is the is the share market or that particular share going to at its peak and going to fall, I would arm myself up with some data to say, well, is, is, is that just me worrying about it? Or is it actually the research shows me that that's
0: more likely to happen? Yeah. And it's interesting, even the whole Brexit thing, right? Uh, everyone's freaking out about that. Um, the market has already factored in that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, there might be a slight blip or correction, but the market's factored the results in good or bad. Yeah. Because it's um, it's potential risk and what the market does, it kind of... S- the market will sort itself out to hedge its bets, mm. essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. Um,
1: it's important what you yeah. have for
0: breakfast. And I think this is my last point, and I think this is really a very, very, very important point for anyone under 30 who still may be living at home or or may not own their first home that they live in. And I'll just it's like the countdown to Triple J Hottest 100. Let's recap Close. the fears, financial decisions and fear. Number one, does the decision form part of an overall strategy? Have you considered an objective opinion on your situation? Have you thought of at least two alternate strategies? Have you had a plan B in place before you even get down that road? Hey, I know I crap on all the time about getting our foundations in place, but our personal protection plan is something you need to do today. I know many of our listeners have got this set up, but if you're one of them and haven't already, go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, And I'll put you in touch with someone who can guide you through. Generally, there's no cost to have an initial chat. And if you're young, fit and healthy, you need to get this stuff in place today. If you've got a family and you're not covered, hey, what if you freaking died? I'm not messing around. You need to get insured. Do it, do it now and anyone that I refer you to will do it the same way that we teach and we talk about here and that advice provider, wherever you are in Australia, are happy to have a complimentary discussion with you at no cost to see where you're at and see if they can help. So, what have you got to lose? Have a chat today. Jump on to sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. And the last one is... This better be good. Is, don't act out of someone else's fear. Is that a banger, that one, John? So, let me give you an example. Give me an example. You're living at home. Your parents purchased their first home mm-hmm. when it was cheap. Yeah. Different generation. Yeah. And they are pumping into your mind... You have to buy a home to live in. You have to buy a home before you have a family. You have to do this because that's what we did. Because their fear is you'll miss out. Yeah. So, what that means, you're acting out of their fear where this latest generation might be. We need to rent where we want to live and do our investing elsewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So... Yeah, and it's also, it's their fear or their experience that they've encountered that was a negative one. Exactly. But it also comes down to their lack of knowledge, doesn't it? Yes. Because if they had learnt from that and they had the knowledge there, they, they'd they be empowering their next generation to do something differently or the same but in a different climate, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, so do not act out of someone else's fear Yeah. or that's worry. A good one.
1: Yeah, look, that's uh It was a valid countdown in regards to that. You like that, Johnny? Yeah, it's a pretty important one. (laughs) Would you give me an applause? (laughs) I'll give you one. And I think um, and the common scenario, it it happens all the time. It's the local, the barbecue, the get-together where everyone's an expert on Mm. cars, property, shares, um, whatever it is. And usually there's a negative connotation that comes into play.
0: Actually, I'll give you a real life. Example, Sorry, fix that. Um, I'll give you a real-life example. I've got a client, uh, early 60s. Yep. Um, and I won't say if it's male or female. This person comes, and I won't say if it's male or female, but this person comes into my office every yep. couple of months for a catch-up. Fearful. hmm I won't have enough to retire. Yeah. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I say, oh, where where did you come to that uh, conclusion? Oh, well, my friend was stressing out and saying we won't have age pension or whatever it is, right? And this is the key. Nobody else, one, is in the same position as you Mm. and two... Nobody else may not have intimate details about your current position. Now, this client, multi-millionaire, freaking out about money. Yeah. Only because their friend was saying, who's probably broke, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. No. Yeah. You're acting out of someone else's fear. They do not know that you've got $2 million worth of property and another million dollars that I manage for you in yeah. your investment account. And I
1: love when that happens because the first thing I would say is is go back to that person and say, well, on what basis are you making that statement or that argument? Because in most cases, there's really no research or solid data behind their personal situation or the comment that's just been made regarding that topic is it yeah it's just uh i've read in the newspaper or i've spoken to three people now and that's what they've said and yeah but there's no not nothing behind it no no strength to back it up
0: yeah so that's my five little um bangers about making <laughs> financial decisions out of fear
1: good ones yeah no i agree with those five they they're good but uh, i think the, the fear of missing out is a, is a massive one for people.
0: But that and, also goes back to the fear of missing out because someone else has told me I will miss out, possibly. Yeah, Whereas, possibly. Based yeah. on your own situation, you've got a completely different strategy.
1: And there's a, a lot to say about a, a, a can-do attitude, isn't there? Like mm. if you're surrounding yourself with, let's say, your top five most influences in your life, um, are they... Are they positive people? Are they knowledgeable people? Are they bringing you up or are they bring you down? Uh, and, and that plays a lot on our on our thought process, whether it be positive or negative.
0: And I will say, just on that, um, getting an objective person to bounce your ideas off, always go up. Yeah. So, for example, if I possibly just had that car discussion with my father he'd probably have a stroke that I could possibly (laughs) lose five grand. Yeah. Now, you know my situation. Mm. You know, I just spent six grand on a business class airfare to New York. Mm. So, my world is... And I'm not big noting or whatever. I'm just saying the facts that my situation is somewhat different than my father's situation and his mindset. Yeah. So, I need to bounce... Because John didn't say to me, John wasn't freaking out with "Oh, you're gonna lose five grand." Yeah. All John does was said, "Hey, um, uh, yeah, what's the worst case? Okay, five grand. Cool. Like it was a cool. We whatever the number is or whatever the thing is, we've actually quantified what's the worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's okay. So, yeah. Question: Do
1: you see more people? Uh, making decisions out of fear or not making a decision at all through fear?
0: Probably not making a decision. Yeah, same. Yeah.
1: yeah, Just that petrified that they're going to make that wrong turn,
0: that they don't do anything at all. Well, it's like the episode Investing in Shares, 206 maybe, um, Vince Scully said there's more of a risk in not buying... Doing nothing shares than actually buying shares yeah yeah but it's that whole behavioral psychology thing and just don't listen to the news yeah yeah (laughs) and just shovel money turn the tabloids
2: off yeah yeah Yeah. that's
0: good now and we'll just follow we'll just finish up with a question from rebecca and this could and i've just seen this question um it could maybe be a fear thing it might not we don't know it's a question but rebecca asks how to justify further education whilst in debt. Yeah. Now, again, that's all we've got. Rebecca might, she might be a qualified, I'll just use the example, teacher. Yeah. And she might think out of fear that she needs to get honours or masters, I don't even know, whatever, the next thing for a teacher. Yeah. Uh, Which the facts might be that no, your income won't move substantially if you did that. It might. I personally, I would appreciate John's view on this, but I personally would, as a rule of thumb, make sure at least all your debt, except for a car, is cleaned up first. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you, I mean, mm. if you go in and do hex, that's only impacting your cash flow, so that's not a bigger deal. Um, yeah, it really depends on what sort of education it's for
1: like we'd love to know more about that but i think if they're in a chosen field where they're upgrading their education in that particular field that they love and are passionate about Mm. maybe sort your debts out first
0: before upgrading um and and this is it like rebecca i'm just running back if we use um my decisions and fear matrix that we just created um Does the decision form part of an overall strategy? Is the strategy that in five years she wants to be further educated because she's going in that direction? Yeah. If the answer is yes, absolutely. It could be a discussion to do that. If it is, no, I've got an interest in learning ancient Egyptian and I'm a barista, it might not have commercial value in that role. Yeah. Uh, Two has Rebecca had an objective opinion on her situation? Mm. This could be it, but we don't have much information. No. Um, so, speak to somebody up the tree, uh, Rebecca. Think of at least two other strategies. Like, mm. what other things can you do to enhance your career? Does it need to be formal education? Yeah. Can, can it be an experience thing?
1: Doing some volunteer with a CEO or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, if it's, a career change, it's like I want to change careers and I need to study and get educated for that career. Can you press pause on the formal education yeah. and go and volunteer, as you said, John, yeah. and do that? Um, have a plan B before you start. So, before we go down this road, uh, will you be able to put food on your table regardless yeah. of this decision? Yeah. Is no. it a luxury? Um, and then, again, our banger one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Do not go and get further education if it's out of somebody else's fear. So, your parents, if they've got doctorates and uh, professional lecturers, if they're banging onto you that, hey, you're a barista, but you need to get education, you need to get education. Yeah. You're not doing it because of that, because you love your job as a barista and you can live a fulfilling life and put food on your table as a barista. Yeah. We're not saying get education because it's someone else's fear.
1: That's right, and all roads lead to Rome. You just got to know where Rome is yeah. for you. And yeah. I mean, if it's if it's going outside of industry for Rebecca and into something new because that's what she's she's not enjoying her current work, then I would say jump at it today. Um,
0: the education today, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but I, I would actually say, Johnny, um, I would say education if it is a genuine career change would be phase two well yeah and it, it's or it could be concurrent as i said we
1: you want to know that you're taking a step towards bettering your life yeah emotionally financially um mentally the whole works mm. like and you don't don't want to delay on that i don't believe
0: yeah but again i stress again we don't have enough information so we're just making stuff up at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like so for example if rebecca has fifty thousand dollars in credit card debt yeah and he's renting and uh is on a minimal wage and thinking going and getting further education uh does she yeah she says so, so she's educated per yeah. se we'll assume yeah we just need to make sure that will her problems go away correct w- and so that goes into the mindset thing yeah that's right so yeah
1: no. I'd love right. to get some more from Rebecca actually. I'd be interested to see yeah. what it is that hey, she's looking
0: at. Rebecca, Shout out. if you are listening, um, can you flick me an Insta message or throw mm. it up in the Facebook group yeah. and or just message us because that would be cool to swing back around and yeah. even a phone interview or something like C- that. Cuz
1: yeah. a lot of people do go on to further education when they might look back in 5, 10 years and say, "Well, that actually wasn't required. It didn't do Yeah. for what I'm Well, yeah, I, I've
0: just started a grad dip. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Um, hope it's not like the Subaru Outback. Probably (laughs) everything in my life is like the Outback because I can't because I just have to take action. Yeah, I just pull the trigger too fast. But the ones that I do pull, it's like my life is like a venture capital company. Yeah, so you throw your money at all these different startups, but you will get two unicorns that will make up all the other losses. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Good Mm. boy. All right. See you later. Later. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on get help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances.
2: Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, So, the music beat us, but I hadn't finished talking. Well, before you go on, Glenn, there's one thing I would like to know. Yes. And I know that if I'm wondering it, everyone else out there is also wondering <laughs> Absolutely. It. How do I get tickets to this thing? So, jump on Instagram at MyMillennialMoney,
0: click the link, and I think one of the first little buttons there is tickets. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do, we're going to shout, we're going to put it out. What we're going to do, we're going to put it out on Instagram for you to do a live intro mm. and maybe the funniest live intro, we'll do it there. What do you mean by
2: that? Like, do you know the bloody intro to the show that you do? Yeah. Didn't you want to say whatever well, whatever the funniest intro is that gets submitted to Instagram? Yeah. I'll say. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't say that. Oh.
0: <laughs> anyway. Whatever. We're going to do a crowdfunded
2: bang session bang! It's so annoying it's gonna be a big bang it's gonna be a bang. yeah 29 bucks big bang <laughs> 29 buck key party food and drinks i'm coming <laughs> i'm always in one <laughs> the um
0: actually what we'll do
2: um what's going on here It's a bit like that, isn't it?
0: (laughs) Can you hear that? Yeah. They're installing signs. Nothing better than a Monday morning bang, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) So, (laughs) are you coming... Okay, so, this is what happens when you don't plan anything. This is what the podcast used to be like. When the best content occurs, apparently. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. This is what the podcast used to be like before we got all the hate mail. I know. Um, So... Asha, what, what are we going to do with your live intro
2: at the event? Here's what I want to do. Yeah. I've said previously that I will say anything on public record. Yeah. And I stand <laughs> by that. Yeah. Um, so, whoever submits the funniest introduction to Instagram. Yeah. I will say it live as the introduction. Yeah. You can, you can include anything in there. You can make comments about me, my family, anything you want. <laughs> your I'll, heritage. My heritage. I will say it all as long as it's funny. all
0: right we've we've got to get back to the um the podcast episode that we hijacked yep okay actually what i'll do as well i'll put this on i'll do a story now and i'll just put this crap at the end of the episode yep do 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 do
2: do oh and uh what was that uh Michael Gherkin? Was that his name? I don't know. The guy who said, get Asher back on? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, shout out. Get- shout out to Michael Gherkin. Yeah. I thought you were a Russian bot, but you're not. <laughs> He's legit. <laughs> um. All right. Go. Shout out to Michael Gherkin. No, bloody. <laughs> what? Do the... Um... Oh, the uh, if I'll say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And you got about 12 seconds. Go. I will say anything on public record. So, with that in mind, please submit to me your favorite, or most funniest intro, and I will say it live. Can we we'll do that again? Because yeah. I said favorite, which yeah. is like, no, at my millennial money. Hang
0: on one sec. Um, I wonder how many people listen to the crap at the end of the podcast. Um. Okay, go. So go. Yeah. <clears throat>
2: I will say anything on public record. It's true. So, with that in mind, please submit the funniest intro that you can possibly think of to the My Millennial Money Instagram, and I'll say it live in Sydney, and it doesn't matter what it is. I'll say it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just check that.